Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So some of you may have caught the fireworks up on Capitol Hill yesterday. My uh, first time testifying up on Capitol Hill in front of Congress. It was an interesting experience. That may be understatement of the year. Um, I'll go into that. Got a lot more, uh, including the media's new fascination with self-censorship of themselves, which is really uh, incredible. Just when you think you've reached peak stupid, you haven't. Ladies and gentlemen, today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your online data, that's your business. Get a VPN today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, well, sir. I'm doing good, Daniel. Welcome back. Good to see you. I think uh, a lot of people will be meeting you today for the first time. We got a lot of new listeners yeah. after my uh, testimony so. yesterday on Capitol Hill. I could tell by the uh, increase in downloads and new subscribers. <laughs> yeah. So we appreciate it. You're all welcome here, of course. All right, let's get right, right. to it. We got a busy show today. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Brickhouse Nutrition. For those of you who want to eat healthier, I have a simple solution. Feel the greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. This is a beloved product in the Bongino household. We all take it, including my kids. What is it? Well, Field of Greens is a real superfood. It's not some fake health, uh, fake health food garbage powder made up of cheap extracts and nonsense. It's real food, real, healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables ground up into a powder. You take a scoop, you can put it in water. I put it in green tea sometimes. Sometimes I put in a little V8. And it is a way to get your healthy fruits and vegetables in one scoop of fine tasting, beautiful, not extract. This is ground up real fruits and vegetables. You can tell because if you look on the back of Brickhouse Nutrition's Field of Greens, you'll see it says nutrition facts, not supplement facts because it's real food. Refill the Greens has a full serving of real USDA organic fruits and vegetables complete with antioxidants. One scoop of this daily will power you with clean, real energy, lead a, a healthier life. Everyone will tell you who knows anything about nutrition or exercise, you need your fruits and vegetables. Get them from Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Get 15% off your first order with the promo code Dan. They just came out with a new wild berry flavored version of Field of Greens. It's delicious. Again, that's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Promo code Dan. Try this stuff out today. We love it. It's been my secret for a long time. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. A promo code Dan. Pick up Field of Greens today. All right, Joe, let's go. Ding, ding. I missed that bell. (laughs) Had to record super early, obviously, yesterday's show. It was a busy day, but I got back in time. Sprinted to the airport and even made that Hannity appearance last night from my home studio. So it was a long day. So yesterday I went up to Capitol Hill to testify for the first time in front of the Judiciary Committee, and the topic was police reform. And uh, let me tell you where um, how it happened without going into the you know de- details you don't need, but it just happened kind of uh, last minute. I was asked to come up and present using my experience as a police officer and a Secret Service agent. I think um, not necessarily the police side of the argument, but just based on experience, using my experience, how police reforms can go forward. I've done two exhaustive shows on it, so I'm not going to spend the whole day today. But I wanted to play for you a couple clips of my testimony because I I feel it was important, not because I said it, but because I think what I said and who I talked about and the message I had for people about our police officers is important to hear. You know, folks, what what happened in Minneapolis, uh, again, there was pretty much unanimity on this, that that was obviously an egregious use of force that shouldn't have happened. But I'm sorry, I'm not going to allow that incident to allow people to stereotype every law enforcement officer out there as being some kind of uh, curse and plague on our society. I'm still not grasping how fighting police misconduct police who stereotype people based on skin color or whatever it may be, how fighting that by stereotyping police who had nothing to do with the death of Mr. Floyd, I'm unclear how that helps. Stereotyping is bad, so let's stereotype the cops. Again, I'm unsure where the logic there is. So my opening statement, yes, I'm not going to play the whole thing because it was four and a half minutes long. I'm going to play about a minute and a half, two minutes of how I ended it. And I want to hat tip our nation's law enforcement officers. You mean a lot to this country. Don't let this all get you down. We can fix what's going on. But I'm not going to let them do that to every single cop out there who had nothing to do with Mr. Floyd. Shows up to do the right thing every day. Here's the last part of my testimony. Check this out. Police officers are the front lines, putting themselves between the evildoers among us and the honest, hardworking Americans, just yearning for some security and prosperity in a small slice of Americana. We can and should commit to police accountability. There's no question about that. But we can do it without shredding the thin wall between civilization and chaos. There are few jobs in the country as stressful as policing. 
I receive an email or a text a few times a year notifying me about the death or injury of a police officer I knew, worked with, or knew someone I worked with. Imagine if that was happening at your job. Think about that just for a minute. God forbid you found out a coworker of yours was killed or injured in the line of duty in the course of doing their job. You didn't just get the text. You got this text a couple times a year. That's policing. That's what they do. They risk their own lives for yours. I'll say in closing, I spoke at an event for police officers years ago, and a spouse of one of these heroes said this. She said, the most wonderful sound in the world for the spouse of a police officer is the sound of Velcro at night. Maybe saying, why Velcro? Because it's how a police officer's body armor is secured to their bodies. And when that body armor comes off and that sound echoes in their ears, the families of these heroes know that they're finally home safely. I ask you, please, with the greatest of respect and humility, please stop this defund the police abomination before someone gets hurt. Thank you for your time. I'll just add that um, they didn't have the entire committee seated there because of the lack of seating. It was done in the auditorium up on Capitol Hill, not done in one of the hearing rooms for the sake of social distancing. But the Democrats who were on the panel were listening too. I was kind of stunned. I was waiting for them to be rustling papers or largely ignoring me, given the fact that I'm obviously a conservative figure. I'm not on their team, so to say, politically. Whether it made a difference, I don't know. But if you watch the video on our YouTube channel of what I just played, youtube.com slash Bongino, and you check it out, you'll notice that one of the Democrats is sitting there listening with, a, with his attention pretty much focused on me too. And I, I hope I got through to some of them. Cops aren't your enemy, folks. They're not. The bad cops are. We have to start working with the police unions to get them out. I'm going to get to that later because I don't want to, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but it is important. Uh, we're going to have to work on you know, arbitration and things like that. We have to get rid of some of the bad cops. They're destroying the job for everyone else. And it's just not right. I want to put one other exchange up because uh, I just, again, said some of the Democrats seem to be at least interested in what I was saying, whether it changes anything, I'm not sure. Uh, but some weren't, um, including Hakeem Jeffries, who didn't seem to care at all. Uh, he wanted to play uh, racial division games and bring identity politics into a hearing that, by the way, uh, most people on the panel, although we had serious disagreements about how to move forward here, uh, the witnesses, there were 13 of us. There were three Republican witnesses and 10 Democrat witnesses. Um, one of them, by the way, totally mischaracterized what I said, but I'll leave him for another day uh, because I thought it was pretty uh, gross. His response was terrible. But um, it was interesting because it could have been a, a hearing where we could have gotten some common ground on what to do going forward with policing in America. And some Democrats decided to make it again an identity politics fest and to sow racial division and create problems, ironically, where there weren't any in that hearing. One of them was Hakeem Jeffries, who was trying to make the bizarre point that police show more restraint um, if it's a white subject. I say bizarre because there's no evidence to support that at all. Um, you have anecdotal examples of poor police misconduct with subjects who happen to be black, Hispanic, and, and other, otherwise. But that there's a systemic restraint problem when it, I didn't know that I didn't even get what he was trying to say. I want you to watch this brief exchange. Uh, this is short because at the end, again, he tries to go forward with more division with this talking point that it's not all lives matter, but you have to say black lives matter. And if you don't say that, you are somehow the racist, which is so outrageous that if you fall prey to this, I feel really bad for you. Everyone's life matters. That includes black lives and Asian lives and white lives and female lives and teenage lives and seniors' lives. We're supposed to be unified. We're supposed to be divvying ourselves up to, into boxes and sicking everyone against each other. That's not what we do. That's what they do. Well, I wasn't going to do that, and I wasn't going to play that game. Watch this exchange here with Hakeem Jeffries. Mr. Bongino, Patrick Crucius was white, is that correct? Sir, I have no idea of his, I don't know his parentage. Uh, he was white. And I don't know why you're making a racial Re thing. Reclaiming my time. Yeah. Because black lives matter, sir. Yeah, all lives matter, sir. Every single life matters. White, black, Asian, Professor Butler. Else. Yeah. Sorry, but I wasn't having that. 
Don't be bullied, ladies and gentlemen. I mean it. The pressure right now on everyone in the public space, on everyone, to succumb to leftist narratives that if you believe all lives matter, somehow you're a, you're a racist ideologue is insane. Think about what I just said. That if you, the statement all, all lives matter, they do matter. That if you say that and you don't insist that no black lives matter, of course black lives matter. They're all lives. Not sure if you have trouble, trouble with the English language or understanding what all means. I'm not going to allow you to segregate us into boxes for your own political advantage and your ideological pursuits of division. I was not there with a partisan agenda. I am a partisan. I'm a conservative. That's not a secret. So is this show. That wasn't my purpose up there yesterday. I did not. Contrary to what liberals may tell you, I did not go up there looking for a fight. And I thought that was evident by my opening statement. There's a lot of things I could have said that I didn't. Even when I brought up criticism of social policies, when I was discussing it with, um, uh, who is it, Ken Buck from Colorado, a, a pretty good representative out there. Ken Buck had asked me about social problems that lead to crime. I was very careful to state that there are Republican places in the United States and the Appalachian region and elsewhere where governments failed their citizens as well. That crime is not just a policing problem. Crime is a family and cultural problem too. It's clearly evident that the explosive growth in, of, of uh, children without fathers in the home have a high probability, unfortunately, of being involved in criminal activity later. That's a statistic. Whether you agree with it or not is irrelevant. That's an actual statistic. People don't want to talk about that. I avoided the partisan. They didn't. They wanted to make it, again, focus group tested narratives that if you don't say what I tell you you're going to say, then we're going to call you a racist. You do whatever you need to do. But I'm not going to allow you to bait me into traps and be pressured by anyone. Not on this show. And I sincerely don't care about the ramifications. Speak the truth. Always. All lives do matter. Black lives, white lives, everyone's life matters in this country. That's what a constitutional republic is. We don't have separate sets of rules based on the melanin component of your skin. Thank God for that. And I am not using the Lord's name in vain. Thank God for that. Because he's the one that's granted you with those inalienable rights. He's the one. God doesn't segregate on your skin color, and neither should we. It is a divisive statement to segregate people by their race and insist their lives matter while leaving out everyone else. That's not what we do here. That's never been the message of the most prominent civil rights activists to change the world ever. Now, having said that, there were some substantive things because I didn't go there again with the idea that we were going to get in a partisan back and forth. They wanted to play games. You wanted to, they, you know, he wanted to tango with me. That's fine. And I'm not going to let you do that. But there were some things and some things we should consider. You know, and I'm, I'm speaking largely to our police officer friends out there because you know I have your back and I always will. But we have to be honest with ourselves. I said this morning on Fox and Friends and I meant it. I'll always have your back. I had it yesterday, I have it today, and I'll have it tomorrow because I know the overwhelming majority of you all, men and women out there, are really good, strong, and decent people. They're for the right reasons. I know that. You know that too. But you and I both know we've got some bad seeds in there. They're ruining it for everyone. They're ruining it for the community. They're ruining it for us. They're putting us in untenable situations and sometimes worse, sometimes leading to the death of people as we saw in Minneapolis. No one looked at that. Nobody. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to get into Mr. Floyd's background or anything else. I'm not. You may say, Dan, that's not fair for telling the whole story. It's for telling the legal story. It is fair. We need to know the whole story. For that specific use of force incident, I can't emphasize enough when the handcuffs are on and the resistance as we know it is over. That's important. You, you can have handcuffs and still fight. You can bite someone. But that was not what was happening. That is what I have been commenting on. That doesn't change anything. I'm very sorry. We all have to acknowledge that. If you have an alternate opinion on that, that's fine. That's not mine. There is nothing productive about that exchange. Nothing. 
And we have to be willing to acknowledge, too, that the bad seeds among us are destroying the professional ethos we live by. I am not a fan of disbanding police unions. I made that argument the other day on my show. They do a lot of good things. They do some bad things, too, but I'm not a fan of disbanding police unions. I am a fan, however, and am going to be an advocate that we do have to do something about incorporating unions into a policy where we can get rid of people who are really bad cops. We have to. It's not helping any of us. There's no defending some of these people anymore. You all know, you. I've been there with you. You know we've got that guy. Everyone does. In a precinct, the sheriff's office or whatever, that nobody wants to work with. Nobody wants to ride with them. Nobody wants to be on a foot post with them. They just don't because they know something's going to break bad. We all know. We have got to do our best. It's not your fault, though, that that person's a bad person. It's your fault if you allow it to happen, though, anymore. We've got to stop this. Now, there were some terrible proposals, too. One of them, you can see in this Daily Caller article, which thankfully President Trump has come out against, is this uh, getting rid of qualified immunity. Daily Caller, reducing qualified immunity is a non-starter for Trump on police reform. Good. Now, again, given my libertarian tendencies on a lot of issues, the drug war and elsewhere, the death penalty and otherwise, some of you may be surprised. You may say, Dan, what do you mean? Qualified immunity is terrible. Matter of fact, I got into debate with a very nice gentleman. I'll leave his name out of it yesterday up on Capitol Hill about this. Happens to be a Republican. He does not support qualified immunity either. What does that mean? Without going into a long, overly legalese definition, it basically means if a police officer in the course of his duties, if he's doing something in the course of his official police duties, he can't personally be sued. Now, to be clear, that does not include criminal activity or, in many cases, absolutely gross, reckless negligence. Officer Chauvin in Minneapolis can absolutely be sued. If you outright murder someone in the line of duty or commit a crime stealing, you can be sued. You can and will be held liable. Well, you may say, and, and I'll give you the argument that the other gentleman made. And he was a very nice guy. I'm not trying, I'm not going to leave his name out of it because he didn't give me permission to share it. So it doesn't, but it, the argument I hear from a couple people and I've heard already on email this morning. Well, Dan, if you're going to claim you're some kind of advocate for liberty and libertarians, well, everybody should be treated the same. Why should police officers, you know, why should they be immune from certain lawsuits in the course of their duties? Folks, we don't treat everybody the same. Everybody has the same constitutional rights, but we don't treat everybody the same when it comes to lawsuits. That's just not true. If you think police officers should be able to be sued any day, all the time for anything they do, then I'm certain members of Congress would be willing to give up their immunity too. Right, Joe? Fair enough. Yeah. You know, they have immunity too. Yeah. That whatever, you know, with things they say on the House floor... As long as it's done in the chamber, they can't be sued for that. They can't be even arrested for it. They have certain immunity. Well, you give it up to them. If everybody has to be treated the same all the time, then how about that? Yeah. You may say if you're a you know strong uh, libertarian, you're doctrinarian, you may say, okay, like, like get rid of that too. So now you're going to have congressional representatives afraid to debate because they're afraid of being sued. All right, well, it's, you're principled. You may be, I think you're wrong, but you may be principled if you believe in that. What about judges? You know, judges have certain immunities too for things that happen in their chambers. Get rid of that too. You'll see judges being sued and maybe determining the outcome of a case based on not the law, but a fear of a lawsuit. Folks, we don't live in a simple world. You trying to rationalize it into black and white where these questions are all gray. I'm sorry, that's amateurish. The reason we give police officers a degree of qualified immunity, it's not absolute immunity, despite the fact that someone on the panel yesterday seemed to say, well, immunity means impunity. That is not true. Officer Chauvin is awaiting a trial on a murder charge. Well, I mean, what, what was he immune for? I don't understand. He's literally going to go to trial if he doesn't plea out on a murder charge. What was he immune from? He didn't say, I'm immune. There is not, that doesn't exist impunity. 
The reason I disagree with pulling their qualified immunity from law enforcement is because I've lived in the real world. And you have to say, as I indicated during my testimony yesterday, when I quoted Thomas Sowell, who's famous for saying, great economist and I'd argue philosopher, Thomas Sowell says, okay, and then what? Doesn't that matter? So we pull officers qualified immunity. They can now be sued. Eight hours a day, five days a week, they're dealing with the worst moments of the, at the worst times in people's lives. And sometimes the worst people among us all day, and you can sue them for anything. So what's going to happen? And if, listen to me, if you're okay with these externalities, if you're okay with the consequences of this, what I'm about to tell you, then again, I'll give you credit for principle, but I won't give you credit, I'm sorry, for smarts, because you're making a really bad decision. If qualified immunity is pulled and you can sue them for anything, here's what you're going to have. I had to write this down just to be sure I didn't miss anything. No knock on lawyers. Again, I don't stereotype people by profession, but there are bad lawyers, just like I admitted, there are bad cops. There are a lot of them, unfortunately. Lawyers will pounce tomorrow. Joe, can you imagine the signs in high crime areas? Mishandled by the police? Oh. Call 1-800-JOEY-BAG-A-DONUTS. Yeah. We'll sign you up tomorrow. There will be lawsuits for everything. No, 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 that won't, Dan. Why, uh, uh, people are good. Uh, okay, keep telling yourself that. Doctors are sued all the time. Ooh. All the time. Yeah. Some lawsuits are good. Some are bad. Right. There will be, and, and doctors, by the way, don't do, uh, you know, largely 25 or 30 surgeries. They do a lot. Cops are dealing with sometimes 25, 30 radio runs a shift at the worst moments in people's lives. No one walks into a doctor in a bad mood because their kid is missing and says, you know what, doc, my kid's, I need surgery. They're generally there because they have some kind of relationship with that. That's not the case with policing. Lawyers will pounce. This is a terrible idea. Secondly, you will have no recruits. Your recruiting will go. Can you imagine applying for a job that pays upon starting thirty to forty thousand dollars a year, below our national media median average in a lot of areas? You're not making a lot of money. You're not certainly not in it for the, the cash cow. Look at that, thirty grand a year. We hit it. We struck it rich, man. Look at that. By the time you're done with taxes, you probably qualify for food stamps in certain areas. I'm not kidding. I knew cops that had that. Those old WIC checks. Got him. Still can't get rid of these dwarfs. You will have no recruits. As I said to Kilmeade this morning, Brian Kilmeade on Fox and Friends. Do you think these police recruits coming on now have a $100,000 legal slush fund? Just in case they get sued. I don't know where you got that idea, but it's wrong. Again, I'm not talking about legitimate lawsuits. Believe me, I'm not saying no one, no cop should ever be sued ever. There are things that happen that, thank God we have a legal system for to remedy. Abuses of force, theft. I mean, sometimes police officers do things wrong too. But to create an open season scenario where you write a traffic ticket and you think you were, I was spoken to her, and you sue them for a, I mean, a really? So number one, lawyers will pounce. Number two, you will have no recruits. Number three, you think you got hands-off policing now because of the Ferguson effect, which, by the way, is real. Um, one of the persons uh, on the panel yesterday, a woman, Miss Gupta, seemed to suggest that the Ferguson effect, there is no data conflating causation with correlation, which she knows is inaccurate because the correlation works in the opposite direction she was suggesting. But I'll leave that for another day. The Ferguson effect is very real. The Ferguson effect, meaning after the Michael Brown incident in Ferguson, remember the the hands up, don't shoot lie. That didn't happen, by the way. Crime spiked in Ferguson and Baltimore uh, with the Freddie Gray incident afterwards because there was a hands off approach to policing because everybody was afraid they were going to go down to the minute they put their hands on anyone. Right, right. Can you imagine, Joe, the threat of a lawsuit anytime you come into contact with a citizen? The threat of a law. You think it's hands off oh, policing oh, now? Oh, daddy. <laughs> You're darn right. Well, good luck with uh, those radio runs. They're going to 90X everything. That was the radio code in New York for Unfounded. Unfounded Central. 
Not suggesting it's right. I'm just telling you, stop pretending you live in a world as you want it to be. And let's talk about the world as it actually is. If you're good with all this, then again, you're principled. And I credit you for that. Full qualified immunity. Everyone should be sued all the time. I'm just telling you you're wrong. Wait till your house gets broken into. They catch the guy coming out and they're like, didn't see him, Central 90X. Finally, one last thing and we'll move on because I do have a lot to get to. Again, if you're going to be principled on this, then you need to come out and advocate that Congress and judges also have their immunity pulled. No one should have immunity for anything. Foreign diplomats, too. What about foreign diplomats who come to the country? They have a certain degree of diplomatic immunity, too. You want to push it? No one will send a diplomat here anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to say, and then what? That's what real thinkers do. Okay, we do this, and then what happens? And then, then what happens after that? Remember, great public policies, Pareto maximize. What does that mean? Pareto optimization. Great public policy helps at least one person while hurting no one. Ladies and gentlemen, this policy will help a few people, few people who have legitimate lawsuits who might not have filed them before, and will hurt and potentially lead to the deaths of thousands of others as the police just retreat from communities. This is a bad idea. I'm really sorry to inform you, but this is a terrible idea. We should not support and hat tip to President Trump for doing it. Read that article in Daily Caller of my show notes, bongino.com slash newsletter. I really appreciate it. All right, my second sponsor today are good friends over at Helix. Can't thank Helix enough for last night. <laughs> I can't tell you how tired I was when I got back. I like sprinted to the airport, barely made it. Some guy tried to say, hey, Dan. I was like, hey, buddy, got to run. Thankfully, I had clear. You know, I clear. You just put your eyeballs on the thing. And I got right through security. Just made the flight. Was changing in the bathroom at DCA. Was like trying to get my boots off. Nearly stepped in a toilet bowl. Things fell on the floor in the bed. It was just a total show. So when I got home last night, I was tired, dunked right out of my Helix Sleep mattress. Helix Sleep makes personalized mattresses, not some, you know, one for a thousand different people mattresses. This one makes one for you. They make them right here in America and they ship them straight to your door with free no contact delivery, free returns, and a hundred night sleep trial. To choose a mattress, here's what you do. Helix has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you, not for someone else. If you like a mattress that's really soft or firm, you sleep on your side like me or your back or your stomach or you sleep really hot. With Helix, there's a specific mattress for each and everybody's unique taste. They are so comfortable. I had a friend here, let him sleep in my my, uh, daughter's room. She has a Helix and he woke up and he loved the mattress too. Not kidding. His name is Brian. They didn't make that up. Took the quiz and I was matched to a uh, Helix mattress because I wanted something that felt a little bit of medium firm and I sleep on my side. You know, I have bad shoulders too. I recommend it to my friends and family. We love Helix, but don't take my word for it. Helix was rated the number one overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ Wired Magazine and Apartment Therapy. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan for up to $200 off your mattress order today. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Dan. Get up to $200 off your mattress order today. You're going to love this mattress. like sleeping on a cloud. Thanks, Helix, for sponsoring the show. We appreciate it. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, you enjoying this chaos? Everything going on in the country? Obviously, a uh, question I'm asking that I already know the answer to. How do you feel about this going on right now? Got Seattle being taken over, uh, Snake Plissken, Escape from New York style. I'm waiting for them to set up the, uh, remember Escape from New York sure. show? You ever seen the movie? Remember Snake gets sent in the ring uh, to fight that guy and when they give him like a baseball <laughs> bat or something. That's going to be next. They're going to be doing like a unsanctioned UFC bouts in the middle of Seattle. Um, you enjoying this? Nah. How's it feel? Your businesses being burned down, looted, being boarded up. By the way, I went to D.C., obviously, to testify in Capitol Hill. I stayed at Trump International and uh, walked outside. You're not even allowed down the block unless you can give your name and show a reservation. And outside of the hotel, right near the White House, in one of the wealthier areas of D.C., there are boards everywhere. It looks like something out of the apocalypse. I could not believe what I was seeing. You like that? It's what liberals wanted, right? No police, social disorder. You love Antifa, Black Lives Matter. You know, the pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. 
What do we want? Dead cops. When do we want them now? You got them, all right. You know that crowd? You like that? Think they're governing effectively? Let's see what's happening right now. I'm going to show a quick video. I'll talk over it for you audio listeners. So uh, it's a quick video of what's going on uh, right now in Seattle, where some radical leftists have decided they were going to take over a uh, seven square block, I believe, area of the city surrounding an abandoned police precinct. And uh, here's some video of them dragging a fence to build a wall around there. Build a wall. That's crazy. Uh, build a wall. What do you mean? I thought walls don't work. Check it out. So you got these radical leftists again taking over a portion of the city, including an abandoned police station, dragging a fence. You can see the fence being dragged on the street. To, I thought, what, what, Joe, I thought walls don't work. Weren't we told that? Yeah. Dragging. I thought, I, Joe, I thought fences don't work. Didn't they tell us that? Yeah. I mean, weren't we lectured incessantly by leftists that walls are old technology? Yeah. Well, as I've said repeatedly, um, so is the inclined plane and the wheel. Um, the inclined plane <laughs> yeah. and the wheel have been used since we were, uh, you know, left our our, good, our good. Neanderthal stage and became Homo sapiens, you know. And then all of a sudden, we figured out the inclined plane, you know, ramps and things like that, and the wheel. They were like wheel. We figured walls work too. We don't. We haven't abandoned the wheel. I mean. We, you know, fire, we figured out fire alloy. That's an old technology too. No one, <laughs> fire, that's really old. Nobody needs that anymore. So interesting how they've taken over a portion. I'm not kidding. This is not a joke. This is not like one of those Dan Bongino lets you sarcasm moments. There is literally a seven block area in the middle of Seattle containing an abandoned police precinct. They abandoned in the riots that these radical leftists have just taken over. They're using barricades, walls they told us previously don't work. Apparently they work now. There are armed people in there. You now have complete chaos in the middle of Seattle. Having said that, Joe, it's not really ending well for them. Or should I say, let me rephrase, it's not really beginning well for them. It's not going to end well for yeah. them either. Mm -hmm. uh, President Trump should get a hold of this immediately. Not suggesting an armed military invasion, but we do have federal law enforcement that yeah, I would argue to you strongly on a very serious note, not a joke. The business owners inside that seven block area, which has been taken over by radical lawless leftists, aren't though their civil rights matter? You want to talk about real civil rights violations? You now have businesses in the seven block area being shaken down by radical leftists for tribute. You have to pay them for protection. Huh? This is the United States of America. I'm yeah, not, yeah. not a Joe. I'm not messing it. with you, Joe. This is really happening. We said that. Yeah, we said And then Joe, serious question. Yeah. Don't their civil rights matter? What if this was Joe Armacost Inc.? Yeah. What, Joe's not entitled to the same protections that a constitutional republic everybody else is? If the Seattle Police Department will not handle this, we have enough federal law enforcement officers to do it. Listen, no one's looking for another conf an unnecessary conflict, but this is the United States, folks. We can't have lawless, lawless cordons set up. This is outrageous. But as I said, it's not going to end well. It hasn't begun well either. Here's an article by Red State in the show notes. Again, please read it. The articles I put up in the show notes are for you every day, and I, I think they're pretty good. All right, this is a Red State. Hilarious story of the day. Radical leftists in autonomous zone in Seattle already have a huge problem. Well, what's the huge problem, folks? Well, of course, there's no law there. It's lawless. It's being run by vigilantes inside now, uh, gangs and mobs. There's apparently a warlord inside. <laughs> this is amazing. This is America. I cannot believe we're having this conversation. There's a warlord. A war. He needs to be named like Zod or something like that out of Superman 2. Warlord Zod, kneel before me. There's a warlord in there. And apparently they decided in, you know, old Bolshevik communist fashion, Joe, they said, everything will be free here. The food, you know, from each according to his abilities to each according to his needs. Well, what do you think happened? Oh. The minute they declared all the food, everything was going to be free. Well, they ran out of food because apparently homeless people walked inside of their encampment mm -hmm. and uh, stole and ate all the food. So um, good luck with that. You know, calories are kind of essential to staying alive. They'll probably starve like every other communist has throughout human history uh, in just a matter of weeks. I, I suspect, though, this doesn't begin well again, and it won't end well either, ladies and gentlemen. This is a disaster. And, I, I you know, there's... Some of you out there, I get some of your emails, and I understand them. Some of you said, you know, Dan, it's Seattle. They voted for this crap all the time. I know, I get it. And I've asked you if you reside in one of these cities and you vote for this, please don't move over here. 
and vote this garbage into my town or anyone else's. I can't tell you what to do. I'm not a leftist. I don't want to impose on your rights. I'm just asking you as not a friend, please don't come here and vote for that garbage here. I have a family and kids. I don't want an autonomous Antifa radical zone in the middle of my city with warlords. And, uh, you know, and <laughs> I'm, not, I'm sorry, not interested. But we do need to stop this. Those people have rights. There are people in Seattle who are Americans. They're American citizens, obviously. But they have rights too. They're not all leftist lunatics. And if the Seattle Police Department isn't going to do anything about it, then President Trump needs to. It doesn't have to be, we're not, I'm not suggesting some militarized operation when we go in there. Something has to be done. Our federal law enforcement has to take this place back. And if they want to engage in force on the other side, then sadly, and I hope it doesn't come to that, then something's going to have to be done. This is America, still. All right. Uh, Kaylee McEnany was up at the, uh, doing a press conference yesterday at the White House. And uh, I wanted to talk about this story. I'll get to it in a minute, the Washington Examiner. But President Trump starting up his rallies again. Good. I have no problem with this at all, and you shouldn't either. Again, I will not be pressured or, or bullied by leftist media hacks. I'm not interested. They're full-time activists. They're garbage people. They're not serious people. They rarely, if ever, make a serious, credible point. These were the collusion hoaxers. You know, Spygate's a fake. You know, they're not serious people. Um, don't treat them as serious people. I protect their right to free speech and to be, uh, you know, media representatives. Uh, but they, again, have the right to be stupid. They sadly take us up on that offer all the time. So President Trump starting his rallies again, which I love. I love this story. This is terrific. Good. Now, the media, of course, the media, they're not, again, they're not serious people. I'm just suggesting to you, I'm telling you what they say to suggest to you how unserious they are. They loved these thousands. These protests were well attended after the death of George Floyd. Well attended. Thousands of people. Don't, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. That footage is real. There are thousands of people who care deeply about this issue. Some were there to cause trouble. Not everybody. People protest all the time. You don't have to agree with their protests, but they're, they, thankfully, they're allowed to do that in this country. It's a great country. So the media's take on that was, this is people exercising their right, and exercising your rights matters, even in the midst of the perils of the Wuhan virus. That was the media then. Now, when you want to exercise your right to elect the president, to assemble, and to vote, all of a sudden, the media's story changes. No, 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 no Trump rallies. No, no, we're back to let's scare everybody with the Wuhan virus. Wait, wait. Yeah, I, you can't have it both ways. Either exercising your rights is preeminent, even under the threat of the Wuhan virus, or it's not. Again, I'm, I, I'm not asking you to logic this out. Right. It's the media. They're garbage people. They're not serious. I'm simply telling you this so you know to just discount them, ignore it, and do not be bullied by your leftist friends sending you dopey articles from the New York Slimes and elsewhere saying, look at what you're doing. You're getting people killed with your rallies. Thank you. Thank you. Hard pass. You said the exact opposite just a week ago when thousands of people were together, potentially spreading the exact same virus, by the way, in protest you supported. So I'm going to take a hard pass on your nonsense. Apparently, so is Kaylee McEnany. Uh, hat tip right part for this cut. This was her answering that question yesterday by a hack activist reporter who, again, probably weeks ago was speaking out in support of these protests, who now seems to have a big beef with Trump rallies uh, and the voting process. We're going to allow people to vote. Oh, my gosh, that right. That's subordinate to protesting uh, against the police. Check this out. Another great answer by Kaylee McEnany. The uh, president seems pretty unconcerned so far about November and the COVID situation and whether people are going to be afraid to go to the polls or whether there's going to be a lot of delays because of the COVID. He recently said uh, it's, it's a long way off, I think meaning that the pandemic would have died down by then, essentially. Uh, but given that it hasn't actually gone away, you know, people are obviously still dying every day and there are some spikes, and it's not that far away, five months. Um, are any measures being taken at all to, to guarantee that this election is going to go smoothly and everyone who wants to vote can vote? Yeah, well, I, you know, I've not seen much criticism of the protest and socially distance and mitigation efforts. I think there's a way to safely vote if you can safely protest. Uh, and that's what the president would like to see. There's a way to safely vote. There's a way to safely go to church. Um, and you're asking a hypothetical about something five months from now at a time, ironically, uh, when the media hasn't expressed much outrage about a lack of mitigation efforts taken by some of the protesters. Throwing it, elbowing. Who was that guy? Was the, David Silva. No, David Luizzo. Was that the guy, the UFC guy with the elbow mask? Uh, I don't they, know. I think, 
They call, I think they call them the crows, elbows everywhere. Good for you. Don't fall into this media stuff. Don't, these people are not serious. They had nothing to say about all these protests they felt advanced their political agenda. Nothing. Don't worry about the Wuhan virus anymore. Protest away. But voting? No, no, no way. Everything's got to be done by mail. You mean the mail system? The New York Times wrote an article about years ago that had rampant fraud at twice the rate of in-person voting? Yeah, that system. Yeah, we can't have any of that. No in-person voting. We want the fraud system instead. Garbage people. Ignore them. Here's the Washington Examiner article too, because this is going to happen with the Trump rallies. To the Trump team, I'm begging you, just ignore them. Ignore the media. Washington Examiner, not the Washington Examiner, they're pretty decent, but uh, back on Trump to restart 2020 rallies Friday in Oklahoma. GOP convention to move from North Carolina by the great Paul Bedard, Washington Examiner. Great. Terrific. Story again will be in the show notes. Please read it. Ignore it. Not the rallies. Ignore the media. I'm already telling you what they're going to say. Trump rally, spread the virus. There will be all kinds of correlations, uh, pseudoscientific studies. Go there. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Wash your hands. Bring some alcohol gel. You know, do it in an open air arena. It's fine. Stop listening to these lunatics. Just ignore them. If you're very concerned about your health, don't go. I'm dead serious. I'm not being funny, silly, or trite about it. Don't go. I'm I'm not kidding. If you are in one of those high-risk groups, then don't go. If you're not and you want to go and you can safely go right ahead, do not listen or be bullied by these media lunatics. They don't care. This was never about health. It is only about politics. You can't vote. No, no, he can't vote in person, but we can rally and cram into these protests and breathe all over each other. They're not serious, folks. These are unserious people. All right. Uh, this media self-censorship story I want to get to, too, because it matters. I got really a ton of stuff. I'm almost a little overloaded. All right, let me get to my final sponsor today so I can get through this. Uh, today's show also brought to you by our friends at Lending Club. Ladies and gentlemen, Lending Club. Go to LendingClub.com slash Dan. Check your rate in just minutes. Lending Club, if you're carrying revolving debt, that means you're not paying off your credit card every month. And you could be paying thousands of interest every year that you don't have to. Stop wasting money. With Lending Club, Lending Club, you can consolidate your debt or pay off your credit cards with one fixed monthly payment. Since 2007, Lending Club has helped millions of people regain control of their finances with affordable fixed rate personal loans. There are no trips to a bank, no high interest credit cards. Just go to LendingClub.com. Tell them about yourself and how much you want to borrow. Pick the terms that are right for you. And if you're approved, your loan is automatically deposited into your bank account in as little as a few days. Lending Club is the number one peer-to-peer lending platform with over $35 billion in loans issued. Go to LendingClub.com slash Dan. Check your rate in minutes and borrow up to $40,000. That's LendingClub.com slash Dan. LendingClub.com slash Dan. All loans made by WebBank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Check them out. Lending Club. All right. This is a uh, bizarre uh, development. Not bizarre if you understand critical theory and the left without, I haven't addressed this in a while. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but critical theory is this radical leftist bizarre proposal, ladies and gentlemen, that knowledge is a construct of power and power is a function of the white male patriarchy. Therefore, everything you think you know, including even in, in the far end of it, principles like basic math is not true because it's been forwarded by the white patriarchy in advancement of their power. I'm not kidding. It basically means everything you've heard that you know to be factually correct is incorrect because it was said to you by white males. I don't have any other way right. to say it. That's the essence of critical theory. If you've heard it from a white male, it's probably not true. Insane because it's insane. I promise you two plus two equals four, whether the person who told it to you was white, Asian, Hispanic, male, or female. That's not a construct of power. That's a construct of common sense. But ladies and gentlemen, the media is now engaged in an unbelievable turn of events here where they're, the leftist activist media is actually engaged in censoring themselves. Now, we know they hate us, and they are all in on censoring and attacking this show, me personally, my family, everyone. That's what they do, the leftist media. But now they're actively eating themselves alive. What have I warned you, Joe? What have I said 
from day one about this leftist cancel culture movement that it is inherently, tautologically, by its own nature and founding documents and ethos, mm-hmm. it is a cannibalistic movement that will eat itself alive. Yep. I didn't say don't worry about it. Nope. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't worry about it now. I'm simply suggesting to you on a arc of history here, if there is one, that the leftist cancel culture movement, boycott this, boycott that, boycott this guy. This guy said this, this guy said that, this woman said that, that it was only a matter of time before it burns itself out because there'll be nobody left to cancel because everybody will be canceled. It's going to take time. I said to Paula last night, it's probably a decade. That's a long time to deal with this crap. The leftist boycotts, the Twitter censorship, all that other garbage. It's a long time and we should fight every second. But I do believe it will have to burn itself out because there'll be no one left to cancel. What do I mean by this? Great piece in the Wall Street Journal by the the great Dan Henninger today. uh, Talking about how now the media is in the process of eating itself alive. The leftist activist media, they're firing themselves. Not kidding. They're canceling themselves. Wall Street Journal, Dan Henninger, the media self-censors. The pre-liberal idea of settling disagreements with coercion has made a comeback in the United States. Here's the gist of the piece. The old, Joe, the old-fashioned, air quotes here, being a little bit sarcastic, uh-huh. the old-fashioned idea of debating, contrasting, yeah. and potentially, you know, friction ideas where there's some friction there. Mm-hmm. Two ideas necessarily don't marry and they'll tie up. The old idea of debating that like civilized human beings, that's, come on, that's gone. That, everybody knows that now. <laughs> Critical theory, you are in fact a white male or a proponent of the white male patriarchy. Everything you know is fake. It's a construct of your power. You're to be dismissed. I, I don't need to hear you out. That's critical theory. You ever wonder why leftists don't listen to you? It's because they don't care what you have to say because your knowledge is a construct of your power and is therefore irrelevant. That's why. It's as simple as that. Ooh. Yeah, but I, it's a fact. I read here the statistics. It, they don't care. Try to argue with a leftist that the Reagan tax cuts didn't cost the government money. Show them the government tape. They don't care. That's fake. That's a construct of your power. The patriarchy did it. Okay, whatevs. They're now canceling themselves. And Henninger's point here is that the idea that we should debate things is now over. The left is all in on coercion now. Coercion meaning cancel culture. If you don't agree with them, you're to be canceled. What does that mean? Fired from your job, show to be boycotted, humiliated on Twitter, mob rule on Twitter, embarrassed, personal death threats. I put them on, if you're ever on my Twitter, Sometimes I'll, I tweet out the, the, the literal death threats we get. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. Listen, I'm not, I'm not scared. I don't, I'm not like, I don't send them out like, oh, look at that. I send them out to humiliate these idiots. I always put, this guy seems nice. He's like, I want to cut your head off and everybody around you. Okay, sure you do. Good luck with that. This is what the left is now. They're, they're, forget dialogue. They're not interested. Trump's helped the black community. We had historically low black unemployment. We had efforts in the uh, uh, criminal justice reform, which, again, I didn't even support, but many members of the black community did. They're not, they don't care. Trump's part of the patriarchy. I, they don't care. His knowledge and what he supports is irrelevant. They don't care. They are all in on coercion. And Henninger writes in his piece about how this has been a problem throughout human history. None of this is new. Power, whether it's social power or legal power, the leftists have the cultural power now, there's no question as Acton warned, will always corrupt people. The left has now been fully, fully corrupted. So Henninger writes in the piece about how when, of course, we got to the the, the, the Stasi and all these fascists and, and communists, that the way media people, because again, leftist media people are being forced to step down now because they don't fully support this radical agenda. So he says, in 2006, there was a movie, The Lives of Others, which dramatized how the Stasi, the omnipresent East German surveillance apparatus, pursued a non-conforming writer whose friends were intimidated into abandoning him. You know, we're seeing now on Twitter, folks, the pressure to, you know, attack people on Twitter. To survive this kind of enforced thought, concurrence in the Soviet Union or communist Eastern Europe, writers, they resorted to circulating their uncensored ideas as underground literature called Samizdat. Forgive me if I'm saying that wrong. Others conveyed their ideas as political satire. In Vlachov Havel's 1965 play, The Memorandum, a Czech officer worker is demoted to staff watcher 
whose job is to monitor his colleagues. You won't see Havel's anti-censorship plays staged in the U.S. anytime soon. Folks, this is profound what he wrote in here. You know, the ignorance of history is celebrated on the left. Rip down statues as if history was perfect. You understand this? That the East German surveillance apparatus and the communists, the gulag operators, the fascists, that they intimidated so many people into telling the truth that the only way to get the truth out was to write it as fiction? Look, I'm go- Joe, you, you get where I'm going with this, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Wink and a nod. Sure. I'm going to write a fiction book, Joe, about how awful this communist state is. It's fiction. Oh, okay. Fiction. Everybody's winking and yes, nodding, sir. of course. Yeah. Fiction because why? Because you don't want to be thrown in the gulag and the, the bottom of your feet beaten yourself. Or you write it as satire, Joe. Here's a comedy play about how awful it is to live in the Soviet Union. It's a comedy. Don't kill me. This is where we're going, folks. No, you may say, Dan, that's dramatic. Gulags, forced trials, ideological conformity trials, public tribunals by leftists. That's crazy. There's no serious leftist calling for this. Really? Here's a tweet by this uh, Amy Siskin, uh, who is about as radical as it gets, but people actually follow uh, Amy Siskin. She wants Tucker Carlson and Fox News to face tribunals here. Quote, Amy Siskin, Tucker Carlson and Fox News have blood on their hands. Well, this is all over. I hope they face hearings and trials for their roles in deaths and violence through gaslighting, lies, and propaganda. Let the tribunals begin. Amy Siskin. Tribunal, you know, what was it? The, the, the Dark Knight Returns, was that the one? Where the scarecrow guy's holding court? And what was it? Guilty, you you walk out on the ice, and or not, and not guilty, they shoot you on the ice or something. Remember the tribe? <laughs> they want the tribunals. What was it? Savion, uh, what was the actor? Chris, I don't know the guy's name. Ah. The, the guy, I, I, I can picture his face, though. I'm terrible with actors. Forgive me, I know I get a million emails. But he's sitting there as the scarecrow. Everybody, you were guilty or not guilty, didn't matter. Penalty was the same. Walk out on the ice and die or freeze to death. Amy Siskin, let the tribunals begin. How is Amy Siskin different from what the thought police do in communist countries? Please explain. Please explain. She just doesn't agree with what Tucker Carlson said. So she needs him silence. Let the tribunals begin. Tribunals tomorrow. Will there be a death penalty, Ms. Siskin? Can you explain to me how these trials will work? Are you going to be the judge? Are you going to be the executioner too? Are you actually going to drop the guillotine? Or are you going to get someone else to do that? You think I'm making this up? Go look at her tweet. I didn't Photoshop that. It's all over Twitter. Shut down Fox News. Let the tribunals begin. I cannot encourage you in strong enough terms, ladies and gentlemen, to move to a a state right now that respects freedom and liberty. I can't. I know some of you are stuck. I met a lady. She listens to my show yesterday at the airport. I'm not going to say who it is, obviously. Met her and her husband. Husband's a police officer. I'm not going to say where he works because the leftists will attack him, want him fired too. Met him in the airport. They want out of the communist state they live in now they can't leave they're stuck pensions that kind of thing i understand if you have the ability to get out and move to a state like texas or florida or elsewhere that respects your freedom and liberty i cannot in strong enough terms recommend you do it folks i wrote an article years ago i believe at ij review saying we needed to stay and fight i ran in a blue state i matter of fact i insisted i i'm sorry but i can't defend that anymore even though it was my writing I don't, I don't know if there's ever going to be a kumbaya moment. I don't, I'm not sure the United States is ever going to be united again in the near future. The left has gone too far. And it's impossible to fight against people that aren't listening or aren't even interested in listening and what you're fighting for. They want you in gulags and they want the tribunals to begin. You're going to sit there with your kids and put up with this? You don't need to. Let me make one final point on this. Number one, why is this movement, this cancel culture movement, inherently cannibalistic? 
Because folks, you understand that everyone on Twitter that points out what someone else did, even on the left, I'll give you an example. There's a show on Bravo, uh, Vanderpump Rules. It's uh, it's a reality show. And there's it's a bunch of younger 20-somethings and they were, it's a reality, it's supposed to be the real world. I mean, who knows how real reality shows are, but you get the point. They work in a restaurant in Los Angeles. And a couple of the characters, they're all hard leftists. You can tell if you've ever seen the show. The members of the show, some of them have just been fired. Some of them for racist tweets they made or what are allegedly racist. I haven't read them. I just saw the headline. One was uh, fired because she called the cops on a woman who was black. And it, it was, I, I don't know, apparently the woman didn't do anything. I don't know the circumstances here. These are all leftists. Keep in mind, they're all firing themselves. These are not conservatives on the show. There are no conservatives on that show. They're firing themselves. Why will this burn itself out? Because folks, the people seeking to have the other people fired also have things in their past too. And the only reason those things in their past haven't come up is because they're not as prominent as the people on top of them on the Q score, you know, that Q score they have where in Hollywood, where if you're high, you're like, you're talked about a lot. They're not as prominent as the people they got fired. Please tell me you understand this. It explains everything. Why this movement will burn out. You have low level woke activists, you know, woke activists, woke activists searching for things to be victims on. They can't, conservatives aren't listening to them anymore. So in many cases, they've given up on, so now they're going to the liberals. We got to find anyone, anyone, tweets, whatever, search, hunt them down, tribunals. So now they're hunting themselves. And they found one of the characters, Stassi, who has a podcast, who was the one who called the police. And now she's fired. All her, everybody's divorced themselves from her. She's been left businessless almost. She's, This is not a Republican, as far as I know. Now what happens, Joe? So you have these people with these really high Q scores. In other words, they're famous. They're talked about a lot in the media. Mm -hmm. That's what that is. Then as you knock them off, you know, you get the Matt Lowers, the Harvey Weinsteins. All right, we got some pretty obvious wrongs there. And you start getting down to the Vanderpump Rules people. And then all of a sudden, the people at the bottom who were below them on the Q score scale these journalists and and other media activists pointing out them. Now all of a sudden it comes to them Uh and people below them on the Q score scale start hunting them down because there's nobody left. And eventually you're left with a couple of 10 or 12 people in a basement on Twitter talking to themselves because there's no one left in the leftist subculture. Folks, this movement had to eat itself alive because none of us are without sin. And if you're not willing to accept the premise going forward that everyone among us, leftists included, have done really dumb things in the past, have tweeted dumb things, have said dumb things, have done really dumb things, and people change and move on. If you're not willing to accept that, you are next. Cancel culture is coming for you. You have nowhere to hide. I promise we all have skeletons. Me too. Everybody. Your skeletons are next. The difference is, I don't care. You do. I don't. I will put out my show no matter what. I don't care if we don't have a single sponsor. I have alternate plans for everything. You will not stop me. Them, they care about. They, these leftists care. They want to be woke to this too. Now they're all being painted as the racists they really were from the beginning. They're coming for you next. Remember, folks, too, history is complex. You want to destroy history? You want to destroy statues of of our founding fathers because some of them made the grave sin of owning slaves? No one's defending that. But ladies and gentlemen, history is very complex. Very complex. Great men have done really awful things. Awful men have done really great things. History is complicated. When we wipe our history out, what are we? You want to live in, as Mark Stein said last night on a Tucker Carlson show, which was a great line, a hyper-present state where only what happens in the now? That's an Eckhart Tolle book, you know, The Power of Now. You only want to live in the right now, in this second, 
as if how we got here doesn't matter? Well, if you believe that, then where we're going is big trouble. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed my testimony yesterday up on Capitol Hill. Um, I, again, deeply appreciate it. If you would subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino, it helps us get the message out. Uh, please share the show. I'll get to some more stuff tomorrow, uh, including the Flynn case I really wanted to get to today, but I don't want to rush through it, folks. It's an important matter. There's been some developments in the Flynn case that are just tragically hilarious how these people are trying to defend themselves. And another update on what happened with the Spygate debacle. They're still hiding stuff. It's incredible. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.